afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Real quick, thank you to Clay for filling in yesterday when I had some computer snafus. So I appreciate him filling in. We're going to take a look at what's been happening in these markets today. Some follow-through buying that's happened on the soybeans. And did corn... I think it was a little bit of a tug of war. Did they get kind of caught in the middle of everything? Now that, how are export bids and soybeans um, still closed higher? And what is the potential for that market yet amongst the WASDE report, China, and everything else in between? As Arlen Suderman joins us today, he is with Stonex. So Arlen, let's start there. Some follow-through buying happening on the soybean market today. Yeah, absolutely, Susan. But first I want to start off by saying thank you to all of our veterans out there on this Veterans Day who have served our country and probably understand more than most the cost of the freedom that we enjoy in this country and uh, to the family members of those veterans who have lost their lives as well. Uh, just a, We owe a debt of gratitude for the freedoms that we have in America and we don't ever want to forget that. But as we look at the uh, commodity markets today, yeah, the soybean buying continued and it's pretty impressive. If you look back, we've had seven trading days now in the month of November. The first trading day was on November 2nd, which is a week ago, Monday. And we put in a low that day of 1045 for the January soybean contract. Today, we traded up to 1162 and a quarter. So that's uh, what? Uh, uh, doing my math real quick, that's about $1.17 in seven trading days. That's a tremendous range. Uh, it's come with some improving fundamentals. USDA kind of verified those improving fundamentals and more yesterday. The funds don't want to be caught short in this market. We tried to break today and the break immediately got bought. We did not finish near the session highs. Um, this market is still vulnerable to a correction lower. It's going to be many weeks before we know what's going to happen with the South American crop. So that means that we are vulnerable because the bull needs to be fed every day and there's going to be a lot of days it's probably going to be difficult to feed the bull. But for today, we saw follow-through buying because we've got a tremendous amount of fund money out there looking for a home, believing we have an inflation story with a huge money supply provided by Congress and our federal bank, our um, Federal Reserve central bank and uh, it's looking for a story to hedge against inflation as interest rates start going up in the securities markets and right now soybeans and the grain and oil seed market in general provide an attractive place for them to hedge their inflation risk so they're chasing this story end users are worried about it and producers are salivating although they've sold the majority of soybeans already so their only way to benefit is with those play bushels they still have left in any re-ownership they may have done earlier this fall. So, Arlen, the fact that we see red on the screen for corn today, was yesterday too much for them? Or are they getting caught between what's been happening in the corn and the wheat? Yeah, and uh, they're basically getting caught right now. Wheat doesn't have a strong story currently. It may have a strong story in a few months because of the dryness in the Black Sea region and the dryness in the 
southern plains. But that's going to take time to play out. In the meantime, we have to stay competitive on the world market. Export sales in last week's report that came out on Thursday were weak, very disappointing, struggling to compete. So we followed the tide higher yesterday, but corrected lower trying to find value on the world market today. Corn caught between the two. We'd really narrowed the corn wheat um, trading range. Now, if corn does continue to follow soybeans higher, we're probably going to feed a lot of wheat next summer, but probably not a great uh, amount in the meantime because most of the wheat's currently in the uh, in the commercials' hands, and it's more expensive for the feedlots to pull it out of their hands. So, from that standpoint, corn doesn't really need to worry near term about cheaper wheat prices. But also, 1.7 billion bushels is not running out of corn. That's the ending stocks projection that USDA made. Might that number drop? Absolutely. If China raises its tariff rate quota from 7.2 million metric tons up to 22 million metric tons, as USDA attache in China uh, suggests, then we've got more exports to go in all likelihood. If it goes to 30 million metric tons, as some people in the industry suggested, may we have more to go. If we have a short crop in South America because of La Nina, we have more to go. That's a big unknown. What if we have a national lockdown or significant states lockdown because of these rapidly rising coronavirus numbers and see our ethanol demand collapse on us like it did last spring and we don't get China coming in here? Then we could see stocks at 2.4, 2.5000000000 So corn is vulnerable until it gets more food to feed the bull right now, and we're, that may take a little while to, uh, to, for that to happen. And these export bids, as we, you and I talked before we started this program, has backed off a bit. Um, with these high prices, how long do you think it, they're going to be able to sit quietly in the background before we see some new purchases come in? Yeah, we did, really did see exporters backing off on their bids today because of the higher prices we saw yesterday. I, for corn, I think that's particularly concerned. They feel like they can be a little bit more selective. I think on soybeans, we're going to see them buy the brakes a little bit more aggressively. China has bought most of what it needs, it looks like, to fill the gap to the Brazilian harvest. But if the harvest is delayed, then they have more to purchase. And if the crop is short in South America then they'll need more purchases as well. But for now, they're kind of in a waiting pattern. All right, well, stick around, folks. We've got a lot more to talk about as we get ready to head into segment two. Include, I want to find out if there was any WASDI surprises for Arlen in those numbers that came out yesterday afternoon. We'll take a quick look at what's happening in South America as well as more Chinese influences and a quick jump over to the livestock side. Lots coming up. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield, continuing our conversation this afternoon with Arlen Suderman. Arlen is with Stonex. So we talked a little bit on the front half about what was kind of going on in the corn and the beans and export numbers. But we had this WASDI report that came out yesterday that I think in some maybe caught them by surprise. So for you, as you have now had 24 plus hours to digest the info, any surprises for you? Well, the the most obvious surprise, because the USDA came in lower than any of the trade estimates, was the lower corn and soybean estimates by how far they dropped. I say that, but on the other hand, I wasn't surprised. I was surprised because it was so much lower than any of the trade estimates. I was not surprised as an economist. And if you look at 
how we finished the season with so much dryness over so much of the Midwest, as the, particularly the later maturing corn and soybeans were finishing out, that's when you typically get smaller seed size, which ends up hurting yield. The other factor was it was a very dry harvest. We had a lot of good field drying this year in much of the Midwest. So when you're harvesting grain that is drier than what you normally um, store it in the bin, and you're using those weight tickets to figure out how much weight you have dividing it by the normal bushels, you're not putting as much water, so to speak, in the bin, and therefore you think you have fewer bushels. So when USDA is surveying and you ask in how many bushels you produced, you're going to give a lower number than you otherwise would have if it had been normal moisture and not so dry. So both of those factors were at play, and with most of the crop harvested by the 1st of November, the producer surveys weighed much heavier in this report than in the October report. So from that standpoint, from an agronomy standpoint, it wasn't a surprise. Um, and I think it makes sense. And if you look at USDA's data, the ear count for corn really didn't change, but the yield did, suggesting it was those smaller, lighter kernels. Um, which was it? Was it the dryness of the grain when it was harvested? Was it the smaller kernels, lower depth of kernel? Probably a factor of both. The other surprise was that USDA dropped Ukraine's crop by nearly a fourth, 23% reduction in the size of Ukraine's crop in one month. And I guess my first response was, you know, I was a couple million, I was down at 32.5 million metric tons. USDA in October is at 34.5 million metric tons. They went all the way down to 26. I would have expected with all of USDA's resources that if the crop was in that bad a shape in Ukraine, they would have been more onto it um, back in October aware of it. So that was a very, very unusual month-to-month change for a major producing country that's one of our major exporters. One of our major export competitors, I should say. So are we going to have, you talked about the dryness here in the U.S. Uh, we know that there's been some dryness concerns in South America. How much pressure is that going to play on our markets as they continue to grow this crop that's already had some struggles? Yeah, particularly the soybeans are going to be very cognizant of it. Now, the dryness in South America can hurt corn production as well. But the bigger question right now is because of Chinese demand for soybeans, is what happens there. Historically, we get good crops out of Brazil because above-trend yields in the north offset or more than offset dryness in the south, and Argentina runs short, maybe usually significantly short. But you can get years when you start to run short in Brazil and a short crop there as well. So we have tight stocks without really accounting for any extra demand, so to speak, coming from a short crop in South America. So while the market is, you know, very vulnerable to corrections, those corrections will largely be bought, we would expect, by fund managers and by end users until we know how it's going to play out in the South American growing season. To some extent, the same is true for corn, but with the 1.7 billion bushel carryout, we still do have a little margin for error there, um, particularly with the concerns about ethanol demand going forward. So it's not going to have quite the strength, I don't think, on the breaks as what corn soybeans do. Before we wrap up, jump over to the livestock side. April and June cattle made some new contract highs today. Can we keep that momentum going? 
Well, we can, but, you know, just before we talked, I was listening to some of the latest updates on the business channels of places around the country that are putting more restrictions on restaurants because of our rapidly rising coronavirus numbers. That has to be a concern. If you look at choice cuts on the cattle, very pleased with how well they've held up and with the highs that they've put in. Uh, Near term, we're expecting the cash market to go higher. We saw in the online exchange uh, a passing of $110. Uh, the, the asking price out there in the country has been 112 in the Southern Plains. So we could go a little bit higher. Well, we got to watch that domestic demand. All right. Sounds good, Arlen. Best way to get a hold of you? StoneX.com or over on Twitter. at our, My handle is Arlen, A-R-L-A-N-F-F-101. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options involve substantial risk of loss are not suitable for all investors. That is the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local Fontenelle dealers. Check this out as a podcast at ruralradio.com, wherever you subscribe and on Spotify as well. And again, thank you to all our veterans out there. We so appreciate you. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.